0: Okay, um, I've been asked by lots of people to talk about the kashrus of gum, not to give a list of which gums are kosher and which are not, but to discuss whether gum needs to be kosher, chewing gum, whether it needs to be kosher or does not need to be kosher. Um, so. It, this this question has become particularly troubling for certain people because they've uh, noticed that in Eretz Yisrael, like everything is kosher and they come back here and those gums are so much better than the kosher gums that we have here that, uh, you know, thank God we've solved all the world's problems and all the local supermarkets import the uh, the Israeli gum now, but uh, let's you know, uh, but it's much cheaper probably to buy from, from the corner grocery. Um, the, uh, the, the uh, American made version of the gum and can it really be that the same gum uh, that's, that's kosher in it's the same brand, same everything is not kosher here, they, what, they change the ingredients so, uh, so let's discuss whether A, gum needs to be kosher and B, whether you can make any sort of assumptions so first thing you need to do is discuss whether gum is a food does it have a din of a food at all or not? For instance, if I were to ask you, does toothpaste need to be kosher? Most of you would probably say, no, why would toothpaste need to be kosher? It's not a food, even though you put it in your mouth. So gum, why is gum any different than toothpaste? Is gum a food any more than toothpaste is, 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 uh, is a food? Um, so in nafkamino whether something is a food or not is uh, whether you make a bracha on it also, not just in terms of kashrus, does it need to be kosher or not, but also whether you, you would make a bracha on something. If it's not a food, you don't make a bracha before you put toothpaste in your mouth. Would you make a bracha on, on, on gum? So the Shulchan Aruch and Arachayim in says that that a person should say shahakal when sucking on sweet sticks Now we're talking about pieces of wood that happen to have sweetness to them But they they have some sap or something that you could suck out of them that are sweet. Uh, But the pieces of wood themselves, you're obviously not eating. So that's what most of the postcoms say. This is exactly what gum essentially is. It's this rubber base that you can't possibly eat. That's gross, but it has all this sweetness that's attached to it. And you're sucking out all of that sweetness while you're chewing it. So you make a shahakol and it's the same thing should be over here. Some wanted to suggest maybe sugar-free gum might be different because there's absolutely no content or such minimal content being ingested uh, that maybe it would be be different. However, it's important to realize if you do a little bit of research into gums and how they're made, even sugar-free gums have sugars uh, just in a modified form, meaning they have what they call sweeteners. So there's no sugar alcohol, but sorbitol is hydrogenated glucose, Manitol is hydrogenated fructose, fructose, fructose. Right, so all these things are are um, are, are sugars. So uh, it's hard to say that sugar-free gum should not have a status of uh, of 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 a food. If you're going to say that regular gum does have the status of food, now it may be different. Hilchus Brachas may be different than Hilchas Kashras, They may not be Tali because the Sefer Birchas Hashem. Right, that you don't need to make a bracha on these kinds of things because when you, swa- when you, when you um, suck the flavor out of the gum, it then gets mixed with your saliva and then you swallow your saliva. Meaning you're not swallowing anything but end. Whatever flavor you're getting is just getting mixed with your saliva and then you're swallowing the saliva. By the time you swallow your saliva, the flavor is bottled to your saliva. You don't make a bracha on saliva. And therefore, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't... Not enough community, by the way, whether it's food or not, is can you have it on a fast day? If you hold this it, mamish, not a food. So then, L'Hori should be allowed to have it on a fast day. Uh, just like brushing teeth on a fast day, which is, according to most Peloskim, even though uh, for whatever reason when we're young we're not taught this way, according to most Peloskim, is absolutely military, Because it's not a food. So if you hold that gum is not a food, then it should be you should be allowed to have it on a fast day also. But the uh, so so the same prince Hashem thinks you don't have to make a bracha on it because it gets bottled in your saliva. Now for that the the communities don't line up exactly because in hilchos kashrus if you have the flavor of something in your saliva you're not allowed to swallow it. In hilchos kashrus tam is enough to aser. The fact that there's tam of something that's not kosher is enough to, to create an iser, Even if it's not necessarily called that you're ingesting that you're ingesting food, just ingesting the tam of something within something else that's mutter to ingest would still be would still be a problem. So so that's why one might hold that even if you don't make a bracha on gum, that non-kosher gum would still be problematic. Now, how do you define food? Most important thing is how do we, if we want to determine whether it's a food or not? So what's the definition of food? So there, there's a, a break within the OU itself, within the postcom the two big post-com of the OU, Rav Shechter and Rav Belsky, in terms of how to define food. Rav believes that anything a normal person would eat is food. So uh, a normal person does not sit down and say, oh, I'm hungry or uh, I'm in the mood for toothpaste, so let me have some toothpaste. No, people don't do that. They brush their teeth when they wake up in the morning or to keep dental hygiene before they go to sleep at night or after meals if they're really good or whatever, but they brush their teeth for, for dental hygiene. They don't brush their teeth because they're hungry. They don't brush their teeth because they're in the mood for the flavor of toothpaste. So since it's not normally ingested as a food, it's not a food. Robelski disagrees. Rebelski thinks anything that has a pleasant flavor has a dinner of a food so all the toothpastes on the market have you know the most of them at least have a pleasant flavor that you put them in your mouth and you feel much better and fresher afterwards so he thinks they have a dinner a food and therefore Ravelski holds that toothpaste needs hashkacha i don't know if he holds if it needs a bracha or not but he holds at least that it needs that it needs hashkacha um, probably he would hold doesn't need a bracha because you're not swallowing anything but at least that it needs that it needs hashkacha um so the, the whole discussion only begins within the idea that, uh, that, that the, the whole discussion of whether, now gum is at least as much of a food as toothpaste is, right? So if you hold that 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 toothpaste is not a food, can you still hold that gum is a food? Meaning, what's the chilek? It all goes back to that core question. What's the chilek between toothpaste and gum? So it's important to understand what gum is. Gum has two or sometimes three parts to it. The gum base is a rubber that's produced from petrochemicals uh, which uh, which which are kosher, and an emulsifier that could sometimes be made from animal fat or sometimes from vegetable oil. Now, obviously, if it's made from animal fat, bad. Vegetable oil, good. Now, the base, the the gum base itself is absolutely tasteless and is almost. <coughs> For sure not not a food so whatever cautious problems there are in the gum base if you were to just eat the gum base as a gum base without anything else meaning you eat gum that's already been chewed and all the uh and all the flavors have been taken out from it and all you left is with the gum base that's pasta, that's not a food um Plus, the non-kosher ingredient is likely bottled and it's only a suffix, whether it came from animal or it came from, uh, from, from vegetable sources anyway, and the rubber uh, probably turns the animal product into a, into a tampagam anyhow. So fine, there are plenty of reasons why if all you had was gum base it would be, it would be fine. The problem is, you then add flavoring to it. Now, does the, the adding of flavoring causes two problems. Problem number one is, the flavors themselves... Are not kosher. Often are often not kosher. And if they're not kosher, it might be considered that when you chew that gum and you're ingesting those flavors, that you are ingesting something that's not kosher. Problem number two with adding flavoring is that it flavors the gum base. That now we are chewing on something that it might it might have it might have a, a, the ability to take the the uh, the the the, 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 the non kosher, but we don't care be, because it's not Achila gum base, and it makes it something it's Achila, and therefore we now care about the kashrus. Of the uh, of the gum paste, now, that's a very complicated halachic question. That there's a lot of probably a lot of room uh, for for gum to make a lot. But the flavoring can cause major problems. Now the flavoring, if you ever notice, you start chewing a piece of gum. It's pretty big. By the time you finish, it's tiny. What happened to all of it? Seventy five percent of the gum is the flavoring. Only twenty five percent of it or so is the gum base, so you're not going to say the flavor is batal barov, Even and, and in any way it wouldn't be batal because it's put there for the sake of tam. The hetter that, that, that we use for toothpaste, the uh, Re'achav Kamenetsky used to say for toothpaste was that toothpaste be'etzem isn't a michel, and because it's not a michel, maybe things that are non kosher are batal barov is something it's not a meichel. But over here, be'etzem the gum is really uh, it's really flavors. It's just that the gum base is a way to, to, to hold those flavors in one place. But it's really all the flavors. That's, that's the whole gum. And sometimes it's the third part of the gum. They make a candy shell around it, uh, like a gumball or something. That would also obviously can have kashrus uh, problems if the, the, uh, the shell is made from non-kosher sources. So placing non-kosher food in your mouth, even if you're not going to eat it, is theoretically a problem. The rabba writes in Yardeh HaSim kovchesiv hay Hey, you they're know, not allowed to place non-kosher fruit in your mouth even if you want to spit it out. Um, the Trumas Adash even goes so far as to say you shouldn't write with ink that's not kosher if it has any edibility left, lest you put the quill in your mouth while you're writing, and then you're going to end up eating something that's not kosher. So L'chorah, it seems, Pashut, that the comparison to toothpaste is a little bit off-base. Toothpaste, there's no akh because you're, you're just putting it in for the sake of spitting it out, not for the sake of, of ingesting the flavor. When you take gum, yes, you are going to discard the gum base once you've ingested all the flavor from it. But your main point in putting it in your mouth is not so that is is not to clean anything. It's not to. It's only causing damage to your teeth. It's to ingest those flavors, and therefore that is l'chora, a kashrus problem when you're uh, ingesting flavors that are not uh, that are not kosher. Um, granted toothpaste, you may swallow small quantities also, but we don't call that achshavay. The small quantities that you swallow, that's by accident. That's not called achshavay. By gum, the small quantities, or large quantities, 75% of it, that you swallow is done purposely. You want to swallow it. That's why you're putting it in your mouth in the first place. Now, can you just research the ingredients? I have Talmidim who wrote letters to the Wrigley's company to use animal ingredients. And Essentially, what, there are two reasons that you cannot just research the ingredients, even though Wrigley's will send you a list of all of their gums that don't have any animal-based products because there are two reasons that you can't rely on that. Number one is that um, you can believe them but number one is that the kalim that produce the gums that have the non-kosher products also produce the gums that have the kosher products. So there's no kalim in between. So that's a problem of plios and the kalim. And number two, they could change at any time. A lot of these ingredients are interchangeable. And that's what Wrigley says. Look, in the Middle East where people are careful about animal-based products, so we won't use any animal-based products. But in America, we do. We do, we do use animal-based products from time to time. So you, can see, you see it's interchangeable. So a lot of these ingredients, you can easily just substitute animal fat for vegetable oil, and no, no differences, whatever's cheaper at the time, whatever's more accessible to them at the time, and you would never know, they're not going to tell you when they changed it unless you write them a letter every single day, so that would be, uh, that, that, that's why I don't think, uh, any sort of research that you do, I don't think is going to be particularly helpful, now practically a lot of us know that Rabbi Abadi holds that it's motor, Rabbi Abadi holds that gum does not need to be kosher, Rabbi Abadi in fact does hold that he, he understands that it has the same dentist toothpaste, he says that in terms of the, uh, of the, of the gum base he says it has no tam, no re'ach it's ke'etz ba'alma, v'shari l'loa so kalayom kulo you could chew it all day long even if it's mixed with other things, it's no problem it's be'etzem a non-kosher food it, that, I mean it's be'etzem a non-food that you just added a little bit of flavoring to, but like toothpaste, which is a non-food that you added a little bit of flavoring to and therefore it does not have uh, does not have any problem, now in his truva in Or Yitzchak, in Yerdea, he starts to discuss the flavorings a little bit but he, he, he writes that when a to the flavoring, he says, I've already explained why the flavorings have no shayla, but then he does, I couldn't find where he explained it, and I couldn't find in that shuvah that he explains it anywhere. So I'm assuming he holds that it's just the same as toothpaste, that the flavorings are just there, uh, added to something that pe'etzim isn't a food, so they're going to be bottled anyway, and therefore it has the same din as toothpaste. But I think for the large majority of the poskim, for the reasons that we explained, assume not like Rabbi Abadi, and assume that gum needs a proper reshkach.